This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. In our frenzied culture, rest often feels elusive, especially for leaders who carry the weight of nonstop responsibility. If your soul longs for replenishment, stay tuned to learn more about Ruth Haley Barton's book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, and by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Getting the word with truth table. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast read by Dr. Christina Edmondson. And Akemini Uwen. Get in the word and may the word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your word. Old Testament reading, Esther chapter 9 through chapter 10. Chapter 9, the Jews prevail over their enemies. In the twelfth month, that is the month of Adar, on its thirteenth day, the edict of the king and his law were to be executed. It was on this day that the enemies of the Jews had supposed that they would gain power over them. But contrary to expectations, the Jews gained power over their enemies. The Jews assembled themselves in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Asuaries to strike out against those who were seeking their harm. No one was able to stand before them, for dread of them fell on all the peoples. All the officials of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and those who performed the king's business were assisting the Jews, for the dread of Mordecai had fallen on them. Mordecai was of high rank in the king's palace, and word about him was spreading throughout all the provinces. His influence continued to become greater and greater. The Jews struck all their enemies with the sword, bringing death and destruction, and they did as they pleased with their enemies. In Susa, the citadel, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men. In addition, they also killed Parshendatha, Delphon, Aspatha, Poratha, Adaliah, Aridatha, Parmashatta, Arisiah, Aradiah, and Vizaatha, the ten sons of Haman, son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews. But they did not confiscate their property. On that same day, the number of those killed in Susa, the citadel, was brought to the king's attention. Then the king said to Queen Esther, In Susa, the citadel, the Jews have killed and destroyed five hundred men and the ten sons of Haman. What then have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? What is your request? It shall be given to you. What other petition do you have? It shall be done. Esther replied, If the king is so inclined, let the Jews who are in Susa be permitted to act tomorrow also according to today's law, and let them hang the ten sons of Haman on the gallows. 
So the king issued orders for this to be done. A law was passed in Susa, and the ten sons of Haman were hanged. The Jews who were in Susa then assembled on the fourteenth day of the month of Adar, and they killed three hundred men in Susa, but they did not confiscate their property. The rest of the Jews, who were throughout the provinces of the king, assembled in order to stand up for themselves and to have rest from their enemies. They killed 75,000 of their adversaries, but they did not confiscate their property. All this happened on the 13th day of the month of Adar. They then rested on the 14th day and made it a day for banqueting and happiness, the origins of the Feast of Purim. But the Jews who were in Susa assembled on the 13th and 14th days and rested on the 15th, making it a day for banqueting and happiness. This is why the Jews who are in the rural country, those who live in rural villages, set aside the 14th day of the month of Adar for happiness, banqueting, a holiday, and sending gifts to one another. Mordecai wrote these matters down and sent letters to all the Jews who were throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, both near and far, to have them observe the 14th and the 15th days of the month of Adar each year, as the time when the Jews gave themselves rest from their enemies, the month when their trouble was turned to happiness and their mourning to a holiday. These were to be days of banqueting, happiness, sending gifts to one another, and providing for the poor. So the Jews committed themselves to continuing what they had begun to do and to what Mordecai had written for them. For Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agite, the enemy of all the Jews, had devised plans against the Jews to destroy them. He had cast pur, that is, the lot, in order to afflict and destroy them. But when the matter came to the king's attention, the king gave written orders that Haman's evil intentions that he had devised against the Jews should fall on his own head. He and his sons were hanged on the gallows. For this reason, these days are known as Purim, after the name of Pur. Therefore, because of the account found in this letter and what they had faced in this regard and what had happened to them, the Jews established as binding on themselves, their descendants, and all who joined their company, that they should observe these two days without fail just as written and at the appropriate time on an annual basis. These days were to be remembered and to be celebrated in every generation and in every family, every province, and every city. The Jews were not to fail to observe these days of Purim. The remembrance of them was not to cease among their descendants. So Queen Esther, the daughter of Abihail, and Mordecai the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm this second letter about Purim. Letters were sent to all the Jews in the 127 provinces of the empire of Ashuaries, words of true peace, to establish these days of Purim in their proper times, just as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had established, and just as they had established both for themselves and their descendants. Matters pertaining to fasting and lamentation. Esther's command established these matters of Purim, and the matter was officially recorded. Chapter 10. Mordecai's fame increases. King Ahasuerus then imposed forced labor on the land and on the coastlands of the sea. Now all the actions carried out under his authority and his great achievements, along with an exact statement concerning the greatness of Mordecai, whom the king promoted. Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Media and Persia? Mordecai the Jew was second only to King Ahasuerus. He was the highest-ranking Jew, and he was admired by his numerous relatives. He worked enthusiastically for the good of his people and was an advocate for the welfare of all his descendants. Psalm 58 For the music director, according to the El Tashcheth style, a prayer of David. 
Do you rulers really pronounce just decisions? Do you judge people fairly? No, you plan how to do what is unjust. You deal out violence in the earth. The wicked turn aside from birth. Liars go astray as soon as they are born. Their venom is like that of a snake, like a deaf serpent that does not hear, that does not respond to the magicians or to a skilled snake charmer. O God, break the teeth in their mouths. Smash the jawbones of the lions, O Lord. Let them disappear like water that flows away. Let them wither like grass. Let them be like a snail that melts away as it moves along. Let them be like stillborn babies that never see the sun. Before the kindling is even placed under your pots, he will sweep it away along with both the raw and cooked meat. The godly will rejoice when they see vengeance carried out. They will bathe their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then observers will say, Yes, indeed, the godly are rewarded. Yes, indeed, there is a God who judges in the earth. Psalm 141, a psalm of David. O Lord, I cry out to you. Come quickly to me. Pay attention to me when I cry out to you. May you accept my prayer like incense, my uplifted hands like the evening offering. O Lord, place a guard on my mouth. Protect the opening of my lips. Do not let me have evil desires or participate in sinful activities with men who behave wickedly. I will not eat their delicacies. May the godly strike me in love and correct me. May my head not refuse choice oil. Indeed, my prayer is a witness against their evil deeds. They will be thrown over the side of a cliff by their judges. They will listen to my words, for they are pleasant. As when one plows up the soil, so our bones are scattered at the mouth of Sheol. Surely I am looking to you, O sovereign Lord. In you I take shelter. Do not expose me to danger. Protect me from the snare they have laid for me and the traps the evildoers have set. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I escape. New Testament reading. Revelation chapter 5 through chapter 6. Chapter 5. The Opening of the Scroll. Then I saw in the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne a scroll, written on the front and back and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a powerful angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. So I began weeping bitterly, because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has conquered. Thus he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw standing in the middle of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the middle of the elders a lamb that appeared to have been killed. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders threw themselves to the ground before the Lamb. Each of them had a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They were singing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were killed. And at the cost of your own blood, you have purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation. You have appointed them as a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels in a circle around the throne, as well as the living creatures and the elders. Their number was 10,000 times 10,000, thousands times thousands, all of whom were singing in a loud voice. 
Worthy is the lamb who was killed to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, in the sea, and all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb be praise, honor, glory, and ruling power forever and ever. And the four living creatures were saying, Amen. And the elders threw themselves to the ground and worshiped. Chapter 6, The Seven Seals. I looked on when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a thunderous voice, Come. So I looked, and here came a white horse. The one who rode it had a bow, and he was given a crown. And as a conqueror, he rode out to conquer. Then the Lamb opened the second seal. I heard the second living creature saying, Come. And another horse, fiery red, came out. And the one who rode it was granted permission to take peace from the earth, so that people would butcher one another, and he was given a huge sword. Then when the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature saying, Come. So I looked, and here came a black horse. The one who rode it had a balanced scale in his hand. Then I heard something like a voice from among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat will cost a day's pay, and three quarts of barley will cost a day's pay but do not damage the olive oil and the wine. Then when the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come. So I looked, and here came a pale green horse. The name of the one who rode it was Death, and Hades followed right behind. They were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill its population with the sword, famine, and disease, and by the wild animals of the earth. Now when the lamb opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been violently killed because of the word of God and because of the testimony they had given. They cried out with a loud voice, How long, sovereign master, holy and true, before you judge those who live on the earth and avenge our blood? Each of them was given a long white robe, and they were told to rest for a little longer until the full number was reached of both their fellow servants and their brothers who were going to be killed just as they had been. Then I looked when the lamb opened the sixth seal. And a huge earthquake took place. The sun became as black as sackcloth, made of hair, and the full moon became blood red. And the stars in the sky fell to the earth like a fig tree, dropping its unripe figs when shaken by a fierce wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the very important people, the generals, the rich, the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, because the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to withstand it? This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace, gracious and holy and righteous and just God. We thank you, O Lord, for your word today. We thank you, O God, for this reminder that you are the God of justice and that you will avenge wrongdoing. You will avenge injustice. You will avenge the blood spilled over the martyrs of the Church of Jesus Christ. You, O God, will avenge those who have been abused and left alone to fend for themselves. You, O God, are our great redemption and our great vindicator. And God, we are reminded of this today when we look 
at our own lives and the lives of those near and dear to us and throughout this world and throughout history of those who have lost their lives for the name of Jesus Christ, for those who have suffered great and grievous injustice, O God, for those who never received proper response from civil or criminal court systems, O Lord, for those whose cries and pains have been ignored, you, O God, have bottled every tear. Your holy ears have heard every cry. And you, O God, in your justice and your might and your love will not be mocked. You, O God, will avenge on our behalf. So, O God, we submit over to you every bit of bitterness, every bit of anger that we have about matters that were not responded to the way they should have been, that justice, we've not seen it fully and clearly on this side of glory. We submit it over to you, entrusting it to you, knowing that you will make all things right. There is no wrong. There is no wickedness. There is no harm that has been done to any of the people that you have made in your image that has gone unnoticed by you. And we thank you for this, O Lord, because there is great wickedness. There is great sinfulness. There is great harm. There is great disrespect and dehumanization that has happened in our generations and the generations before us. And so, O God, we entrust this to you, knowing that you are holy, holy, holy. And while revenge is not ours, vengeance does belong to God Almighty. And so, O Lord, we will not despise and or be ashamed of this characteristic that you have, the God who avenges, the God who is just. And only you have the divine holiness and righteousness fully and truly to be in that role, to be in that seat, to do that without any sin. Only you can do that. So would you strike vengeance and revenge from our hearts, O Lord? that we might entrust every burden and every unfulfilled longing for justice to come into your more than capable and thrice holy hands. And I thank you, Lord, today as I reflect on the reality that we are sinful, that we have done harm to others, that we have dishonored your holy name, that we have been complicit and silent in unjust systems, O God, that we have turned our eyes away from that which we should have responded to, O God, with an attitude of justice and doing justice with our words and our hands and our resources and our money, and we did not. And so we acknowledge right now that we, if tried and judged, would be found guilty of not walking in true holiness and true justice. And so we thank you right now for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you right now for everywhere and in every way that we did wrong, he did right. For every law that we broke, he fulfilled. For every injustice that we ignored and minimized and were complicit in, he, O oh God, is the great, great high priest who intercedes now for the church and is the one that is truly just and righteous, making all things new. For every fault, we look to his perfection. For every wrong, we look to his holiness and righteousness. And, oh God, we thank you for this. Because apart from you, Lord Jesus, how could we ever stand? Apart from you, Lord Jesus, our hands are dirty. Our hands, oh God, are filled with the blood of wrongdoing in this world that we live in, even with the best intentions, oh God. And so we thank you right now for the blood of Jesus Christ. And we pray right now that more and more and more and more people made in your image, would be found under the blood, the redemptive, sanctifying, purifying, holy blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cover us now, O God. Help us to live in ways that are just and righteous for your namesake. 
as we entrust ourselves more and more to you. To the God of justice today, we give you praise. And to the God of mercy today, we give you praise. Amen and amen. The journey to a meaningful Sabbath practice is slow and gradual, and it is a journey we need to take in community. In her book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, Ruth Haley Barton offers wisdom regarding the rhythms of Sabbath, exploring both weekly Sabbath keeping as well as extended periods of sabbatical time. Sabbath is more than a practice. It is a way of life ordered around God's invitation to regular rhythms of work, rest, and replenishment that will sustain us for the long haul of life and leadership. Get your copy of this book today at ivpress.com. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word, that's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go, let